And welcome back to another episode of the Infinity Film Podcast. This time, part two of our 2019 summer movie retrospective, where we delve into June, July, and August. Uh, I am your host, Roderick Liptrot, and joining me as always is my incredible friend, Benjamin Saunders. Ben, why don't we just go ahead and, and dive in, because there's a lot of films to talk about in 2019 summer, uh, summertime. Let's do. Sounds good, Red. Let's do. All right. Well, you know what? We're not going to start over after that. So, um, yeah, of course, in April and May, we got to talk about uh, the, the big event film Endgame and John Wick and, you know, Godzilla. And, uh, yeah, now we're into June. And, uh, Ben, one of my most anticipated films also came out in June when I made my uh, top 10 anticipated films of 2019. One of those mm-hmm. films was Toy Story 4. And we're going to get there. We're going to set that for last, though, as we usually do with these big event films. Uh, we like to talk about the smaller films first. So let's talk about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> That's a small film. Um, <laughs> the, the film that kind of kickstarted uh, the June, uh, uh, um, the month of June. And, you know, we all had our worries about Dark Phoenix because we all heard about the behind the scenes stuff and, you know, the, 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 the troubles had. And then the Rotten Tomatoes score was, to say the least, very disappointing. Now, I've always been of this belief, Ben, that they really should have ended everything X-Men with Logan. That shouldn't have been the final Fox yeah. X-Men film. And just, you know, the Marvel has them. Thank God. There you go. You know, a new era can begin. So here's what I, here's what I think about Dark Phoenix, Ben. It is not the, excuse me, it is not the total train wreck that <laughs> uh, everyone says it is. It's also just not a good movie. Yeah. It's just kind of, it's there. Uh, I gave this, actually, when I first watched I went back to my Instagram. because I, had to, I wanted to find out what I gave. I believe I gave it like a six, six and a half out of ten. Hmm. And that's kind of positive. Because I did, I did enjoy stuff for the most part. So, Ben, I'll, let me talk about some of the stuff I did like. Okay. Hans Zimmer's score is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's Hans Zimmer. I think about it. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay. So well, Sophie Turner was good. What she was given, I I thought she was really good. Um, Fastbender and McAvoy, of course, are always great, but it seemed like you know, but it really just seemed like everyone was kind of checked out. Yeah. And you could you could definitely tell too with the uh, press tours they were on, they they were done. They didn't want to be a part of this anymore. And oh, spoiler! By the way, you could definitely tell Jennifer Lawrence was done because she got she was out in the first twenty minutes. Yep. So, um, or really the first half hour, I guess. I don't know. The, the, well, I, I enjoyed the first act, and I thought the third act was not bad. I I thought it was cool looking, and there was some enjoyable moments. Yep. That's the best uh, thing I could say was that the action and stuff was cool looking. Yeah, yeah. That second act is such a pile of crap, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is slow. Mm-hmm. Nothing good. Not not nothing good comes from that second act. I didn't care at all about anything going on. It is all over the place. I didn't give a crap. Ben, now you know me. I love my Jessica Chastain. I think she's one of the greatest actresses of all time. She is a world-class actress. I hated her in this movie, man. Really just... <laughs> yeah. She bad. And it doesn't help that the script was just weak as... Excuse my language, guys, but this script was weak as, weak as fuck. This was a weak-ass script, Ben. Yep. And, uh, I don't know how this got greenlit even. <laughs> I, 
honestly, Ben, it just felt like they just had to put it out just because. Yeah, to finish their little. Just to finish the saga. Because the saga, I, yeah. Th- this, ben, like I said, they all just look checked out. This yep. film makes me angry because I see the potential here. Yeah. There was potential. And yeah. uh, I, I just, I don't know. They really just said, this X-Men, I'm checked out. Because that's what it was. And I feel bad for Hans Zimmer scoring this because this is a beautiful score. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's kind of a waste. How do you waste Hans Zimmer? Um, yeah, I kind of, I was even defending to some of my friends, I think, uh, you know, before it came out. I was, because they were like, you know, Dark Phoenix again. And I was like, hey, last time it wasn't the best movie. Um, and you know, we got we got new fresh actors this time, and and they could they could pull it off, and especially, yeah, the the special effects and you know Hans Zimmer doing the score, like you said, and everything. But no, they they blow it again. This film needed. I would have liked to have seen James Mangle tackle this. I feel like this could have been something really good. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I will say this though. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, no, I don't think he did have a cameo this time. Did Wolverine have a cameo this time, Ben? I don't think he did. I no, I don't think so. He usually does in these X Men crossovers because he did. He had one with Apocalypse. Right. I'm surprised. I don't think he had one with his. Yeah. So we're not going to go into Dark Phoenix any any much longer. Yeah. We didn't like it. Um, and I didn't like this next film either. Secret Life of Pets too. Uh, I quite enjoyed that first one. I thought it was cute, and it was really fun. However, um. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have the same amount of fun, or I didn't find the same amount of heart I did with this one as I did with the first one. So hmm. now you, Ben, you raised your hands. So I'm guessing you didn't see Secret Life of Pets too. Nope. All right, cool. Um, I wanted to see this film called Late Night. I've heard good things about it. I believe it's on Amazon Prime, so I'm gonna check it out eventually because I've heard really good things about it. And I, Emma Thompson, same. I mean, come on, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in. And Mindy Kaling, who I'm always up and down with, but uh, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, Men in Black International. I, I don't... Um, <laughs> no. I'm not even going to go there. I'm, I'm just not. Oh, okay. I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. Uh, did you see it, Ben? No. Good, good, because I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, F. Gary Gray, you did, you, you, you're better than that. <laughs> you are, F. Gary Gray. Mm-hmm. You, you've done films like The Italian Job, Ball Bodying Citizen, Straight Outta Compton, Fate of the Furious. Well, I probably shouldn't say Fate of the Furious, but um, Friday. Uh, you, you've done some good movies. You are better than this. I know you're better than this because I know you personally. We had lunch, remember? So, <laughs> Gary Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah, he's listening right now. Like I don't know this freaking kid. Uh, so you didn't see it, so that's good. So we don't need to talk. We don't need to go ahead and talk about it anymore. Did you see Shaft with Samuel L. Jackson? No, I have not seen any of the Shaft movies. All right, so I, I this was fun, enjoyable. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was great because I mean Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, I, I, it was a fun movie. So Shaft. The Dead Don't Die, a movie I was really anticipating because of the stat cast, because it has your guy, man, uh, Bill Murray. And, yeah. and I also had Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, uh, Caleb Leonard Jones, who I think is a good actor. Um, 
Selena Gomez. Really, really talented cast. Mm-hmm. Haven't actually seen it yet. So. Yeah, um, me neither. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, there was a Netflix film that came out called Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston and Luke Evans. I actually didn't mind this movie. It's whatever. Yeah. It's, whatever. it's not the worst Adam Sandler movie that came out, has, that has come out. <laughs> it's certainly no uncut gems, though. No. Um, That's why it's on Netflix. I wish, yeah, I wish this came out. I wish Uncut Gems came out in the summer because I really want to talk about Uncut Gems. Mm. We're just going to have to do a retrospective one day. <laughs> We're just going to have to. Um, we'll have to do the Adam Sandler Cinematic Universe retrospective. Uh, we're, not, we're not going into that. Nope. Nope. Okay. That. All right. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Child's Play, the remake. Did not it's see fine. that either. I had fun okay. with it. Entertaining. Nice, fun little summer, summer movie. Didn't really get a lot of scares. It's just kind of funny seeing a dog kill people. So, you know, <laughs> it's whatever. Uh, I do want to see Being Frank. I've heard about this movie. Um, from a studio I've never heard of. Distributed by the film Arcade. And it premiered at South by Southwest in oh, March 2018. Uh, I've <laughs> heard, I haven't heard good or bad things but it says here it's got a 31 percent on tomatoes so it might not be worth checking out <laughs> i i do i do like jim gavigan's uh earlier stuff yeah that's uh, what i'm saying so stand-ups yeah. but yeah now i do i i have not seen the last black man in san francisco from a24 i am dying i i know i have amazon prime and i still haven't watched it i know i know yep. i know same so I'm I'm gonna watch it. Ben, have you seen it yet? No, I uh, no, <laughs> I have it on my wish list or uh, watch list on Prime as well. So yeah, we we so will, I want to watch it. We will both get on that and watch that soon. It has one of my new favorite actors, Jonathan Majors, who's gonna be in Ant Man three, mm-hmm. and he's also uh, this is also a little uh, shameless plug to go uh, go watch Lovecraft Country on HBO. So good, please guys, uh, and Jonathan Majors is really good in it. And Danny Glover also. Danny freaking Glover. So it's worth checking mm-hmm. out. Well, Ben, there's only one movie we're talking about in June. And that, of course, is Toy Story 4. Do we need to bring tissues? Are we good? Okay, I'm good. Cry. Okay. Well, screw you, man. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Ben, I want to first speak on the fact that this, this movie looks gorgeous. I got mm-hmm. a chance to go see Adobe Cinema a couple times. Oh my god, man. The animation here is just stupid. Good. Yep. Wow. Now well, let's let's take, let's let's take, let's go back for a minute though, okay? Okay. And get some context here. Sure. None of us wanted this. No. No one wanted this. We didn't ask for it. You couldn't have asked a better way to end up a trilogy than Toy Story 3. Correct. I mean, in terms of a three movie trilogy. It's probably my favorite. Well, I don't know, actually, Civil War, technically, Captain America, that's a conversation of the day. But um, it's perfect, Ben. It's mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. So when they announced Toy Story 4 way back when, and they're like, oh, it's going to be a love story with Woody and Bo Peep. Yeah, what? And I was like, shit, what? Mm-hmm. No, okay. Then they started announcing the cast, and I was like, Keegan-Michael Key, oh, Keanu Reeves, I 
Oh, oh really? Come on. It's like a car. Oh, God. Yeah, this is why you don't doubt Pixar. Unless it has to do with cars. But this is why you don't <laughs> doubt Pixar. They have a motorcycle in this one. So it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is so effing brilliant. I love this movie so much. I may have overreacted on my Instagram page, though, because when I first saw this, I have like an all, I think I, I think I had an all caps post being like, oh my God, it's the second best movie on the end game. So um, in those words, but um, <laughs> pretty much, yeah, I was freaking out because I was just, I was in tears. I was, I was blown away. Um, it, <laughs> 2019 was so good, man. Toy Story 40 ended up in my top 10 films of the year, but um, <laughs> that doesn't take away from the pure brilliance this film is. It's just that, I mean, just better films came out that year. Um, a couple we're going to get to a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this film from the comedy, which was ap- incredible, uh, really, really fun. This might be the funniest Toy Story there is, uh, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, as far as you know, the humor goes, because Keegan Michael Key and uh, uh, yeah, Key and Peele, they were they were great. They were yeah. really fun. Um, that plush rush stuff, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Yep. Oh, dude, that was so funny. And then the best part, Ben, was when they were uh, imagining uh, the old lady going to her house and just waiting for them to pop up, like one of them pop up. <laughs> and I was, I, I just remember me and my sister watching the movie, you know, just like laughing the entire time. We were being that annoying, you know, like people in the theater just like laughing, like waiting for them to come out, like, okay, when are they going to come out? Yep. And we were like laughing like little freaking kids. Um, yeah, everything with that to do with the, the comedy, man, it was, just, it was perfect. I was not expecting to cry that much, and I did. The Woody and Buzz goodbye really hit me hard. Mm-hmm. And Disney does a great, not Disney, the Toy Story, well, Disney has a part to do with it, but Toy Story franchise does so well of making you feel for the villains and having them have a really great backstory, except for Sid. <laughs> so well, yeah, this is just an a hole. <laughs> but um, you know, even with the with with Stinky Pete, you know, you you get why he's you know why he's like that. Yep. Uh, uh, or Stinky Pete. I really should say Prospector. Uh, yeah. I call him Pete. <laughs> yeah. But um, between him and then Lotso, who I think he still might have the best backstory. Um. Yeah, most fleshed out too. Yeah most fleshed out but gabby gabby man i think she has the best resolution yeah when it comes to villains in toy story when she got thrown away dude that hit me so hard because she really isn't a villain no she just wants to be played with Mm -hmm. that came out wrong but um she (laughs) (laughs) she okay She, you know, she wants she wants to have a kid. Yeah, that can't work too. <laughs> no, no, she, she, she just wants, wants to be held. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you. I mean, there's no there's no good way. So, I mean, um, you know, she's a toy. She's a toy who wants to be played. Okay, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> See, why did you have to do this? She, yeah. 
No, she just wants someone to pull her strings. Nah. <laughs> she, she wants a large shot. Yeah, just whatever, whatever. Like, <laughs> she wants to know what it feels like to be a toy. That's the best way we're going to put this. Loved. She wants to be loved. She wants to yes. be loved. Yes. Yep. Wow, if we're still with us, thank you. Um, <laughs> good God. Okay. Um, that was let's, – let's, let's, let's focus here on – all right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, she wants to be loved. And uh, when she has that chance and the kid throws her away, you, you really do feel for her, man. And um, emotionally speaking, that was definitely one of the most heartbreaking scenes in any Toy Story film, for me at least. Uh, and then, of course, Woody gives her the chance. Helps or helps her get the chance to have a kid, and uh, or be with be with a kid, I should say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really dug, dug the resolution with the villain. It wasn't like, oh, time to fight the villain or run away from the villain or, you know, or oh, darn you, Lotso. But you know, it seems like every, you know, it's, it's cool because with Toy Story one, two, and three, every one of the villains got their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. You know, and three, Lotso is now stuck on the garbage truck for probably ever. I'm curious if he's still in that garbage truck. <laughs> um, with two, you know, Stinky Pete is now with a girl owner with Barbies. So, you know, yeah. Pete, you know what they said, <laughs> he's just traumatized forever. So, and there's a cool fan theory going around too, Ben, that the oh, garbage, I believe it. The, the, you know, going with the garbage truck guy in Toy Story 3 is Sid. Yep. Uh, he's got I the, the yeah. skull shirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. That'd be so. That'd be cool if it was him, because I don't think they've really confirmed that it is. Um, I don't think so. But that'd be cool. I think. I think it is him. Yeah. So maybe he's not tra- as traumatized anymore. Well, yeah, still, that was nice. still listening to the same music, but yeah. Yeah, and he's probably still a douchebag. But um, <laughs> yeah, so Toy Story Four for me, man, it was emotional when it had to be. It was hilarious when it wanted to be. Forky might be my favorite side character now. Any Toy Story film aside from Woody and Buzz, <laughs> again, I mean, God, Jesus, man, um, that's the point. Sad, but also funny when he's like trash. Yeah, <laughs> trash. <laughs> Kept going to the trash. I was like laughing, but I was like, this is so sad. Yep, <laughs> I think he's trash. <laughs> and then that stuff when it, they were trying to find Bone, it's like bow, 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 yeah, Tony Hale knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he was telling Gabby, Gabby's like trying to find out more information about Woody. And he's like, oh, he's been my friend for a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> I know so much about him. <laughs> yeah, he's so, got a lot of great lines. He does. He does. Um, and even him, when he's saying goodbye to Woody, too, that was really, that got me, too, man. Because, um, you know, he's been through so much with Woody. And that's a short amount of time. So, uh, yeah, man, Toy Story 4. If Toy Story 3 was the conclusion to Andy's story, Toy Story 4 is the conclusion to Woody's story. And away, Ben, he gets Cap's kind of – he gets Cap's ending. He gets, his, he gets his happy ending. He gets that dance, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Toy Story 4, Ben, why don't, you, why don't you go talk about it for a minute here? Yeah, uh, well, it, uh, I, know it, I know it hit you a lot harder uh, than it hit me. Um, uh, it does the emotional moments are there and especially the the end was um the most uh or the the closest to tear jerking i got um 
And like I said, Tony Hale, he's hilarious. Uh, you called out uh, Key and Peel too <laughs> um, with all their antics. Uh, Keanu Reeves also is, was pretty funny. Um, and yeah, I, I just, uh, I didn't expect them to spend so much time in that antique store. Uh, and for the story, it, it works and I understand, but um, they spent a lot of time in that second act in the antique store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I still, I, I understand. Yeah. Why it was made. And I, I think it is still, it's a great movie, but I just still believe that the trilogy is, is perfect. Um, and three was a, was a perfect ending. It's kind of the epilogue in my opinion. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, but but I still think it was a really good movie. And plus, earlier you said the the animation was amazing. Um, you know, from that opening rescue mission with the water, looks super real. Um, and then them going through the the carnival and stuff, and all the the foliage looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing all the, I mean, the wood paneling and cobwebs and stuff in that antique store was incredible. So yeah, yeah looks amazing. Um, story's pretty good. I love all the voice actors, but. Uh, I still I uh, love that original trilogy. I, I love to how the last words of the movie, you know, before the post credit stuff. Yeah. I love how the last words of the movie are to infinity and beyond. Yeah. I love that. I love how they ended it with that, man. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, because you know, I you know, Rex says that is is this mean what is a lost toy? And Buzz goes, you know, he's not lost. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, to infinity and then, you know, what he's saying and beyond. Oh, dude, that, oh, and, you know, Woody gets to be with Bo, and, man, this is just a, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to rewatch this tonight when we're done, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just a heartfelt movie for me, man, and I, I get it, I, look, I'm not going to disagree with people who say we shouldn't have had this, because I, there's always a part of me that's like, yeah, we shouldn't have had this, but I'm glad we did, it's here, it's with us, and I'm happy we have it, because uh, it worked for me, um, so yeah, that, and I'm I'm glad it made over a billion dollars, and uh, you know I I'm I'm sure Pixar and Disney they're done. I think they're done. This really I hope so. Good. Yeah, and I, I feel I felt like too from Hanks and Alan when they were doing their interviews and stuff too. It felt like even they were probably done also. Yeah, that's true. With the amount, because you know Hanks were saying they were saying months before the movie was released how much they cried. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it was Hanks who said it. Yeah, like, I, I, um, you know. I, Cried a lot, so I can't remember his exact his exact quotes, but I know he was pretty emotional when they were all done. So, because mm-hmm. when you're doing these voice, you know, um, you go on and do you know your recordings for the uh, these animated films, you're probably only in the studio for like a day or two, recording all the lines and stuff. So yeah, not too long. Yeah, so must be a nice paycheck. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was Toy Story four and. Uh, I God, I almost forgot to mention it. Yep. Well, let's talk about the other film in June that came out. Mm-hmm. Probably the sleep one of my one of the sleeper hits. Maybe not the sleeper hit for me. Well, actually, it might be. It's this another movie, but that came out in August. Uh, and that would be yesterday. Man, I I love that trailer, and I love this movie. And I want to give a shout out to Himesh Patel mm-hmm. because I think before this, I don't think. I saw anything from this was his feature film debut actually yeah. before this he was just in a bunch of television stuff as I look as look at, at his Wikipedia right now mm-hmm. um, 
Oh, he was in EastEnders. I've heard about that show. I need to watch that. Um, I've heard about EastEnders. So, uh, yeah, this was his feature film debut. And I know he was in Tenet or, uh, I, that Ben has seen. I haven't. Yeah. But I hear he was not in the movie much. No. So, um, seems to be a lot. Christopher Nolan movies, you know, could cast the movie, a side supporting character, get like five minutes of screen time. But you're in a Nolan movie. Anyway, we're here to talk about Nolan. We're going to talk about yesterday. And um, Ben, our girl, Billy James. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Billy James. Yep. Heartthrob. And um, oh, hold on, hold on. a minute to this. Oh, Lily James. Okay, I'm good now. Okay, um, Anna de Armas was set to appear in the film as well during the. Yeah, uh, that disappointed, but she's in the post-credit scene. Jane po- post-credit deleted scene. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was only for a little bit, but uh, but still, I saw her in the trailer and then was waiting the whole movie, and she never showed up. Oh, but, uh, Anna de Armas. <laughs> but no, we do love uh, Lily James as well, and she we she's really good in the role here. Um, although I think she's not she's not given a whole lot to well, not a whole lot to work with. But well, she plays her, a stereotypical stereotypical yeah in a romance film. Yeah, but she does really well with what she's given. I feel like yeah, she sells it. Yeah, and, yeah, and I believe her and Patel's chemistry because you know we're sold out. They've been friends for a long time, and you believe it. And you know, you believe their story, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like a, like Ben and I are a bit biased because we love Lily James. Um, but yeah, she was really good. And like 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 Ben said, she's 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 no she's not as good in here as she was in Cinderella or Baby Driver, in my opinion. Yeah, she was really good, but she, she was really great here. And as much as I love this film, Ben, I can I, I I I remember I did my review and I was telling people go mm-hmm. watch yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate McKenna really just annoyed the <laughs> hell out of me in this movie, man. I mean, talk about Saturday morning cartoon character. Her sure. just fell out of place to me in this movie, man. I, I did not like her character at all. Sure. And I didn't like Hamish Patel's uh, buddy following him along with the rest of the movie, uh, <laughs> the whole film, too. He, he, got, like, he had his moments, but there were some scenes, too. I was like, okay, he published in that band this scene. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah, some scenes, I guess. I thought he was pretty funny. Uh, and then Kate McKinnon and I, yeah, uh, McKinnon I'm a fan of from SNL, um, but I, I can yeah. see the uh, the character, <laughs> uh, stereotypical manager um, that you're talking oh, you about. Could've, you could have got any, any actress to play that character or actor to yeah. play that character. Yeah. I, I, I just it was kind of the wrong choice because in my, in my opinion, like you said, I love her in SNL. But when she does these movies, sometimes she has a tendency to kind of overdo it. Over, sometimes. yeah. And I felt that that was kind of that was an, that was a perfect example of of, of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't take away from overall score because, like I said, I, it's been it. it like I said, twenty nineteen has always been my favorite year for films. Always, it's been that stuff for what eight months now, ten months now. So um, this movie came close. To being in my top 100 films of all time because I, I love it so much I, but you know it, it missed the cut yeah but um it is a a very sweet little movie and the um it is. i'm a sucker for these kind of movies man i really am so. mm-hmm. i'm a huge beatles fan as well so i knew uh all the music of yeah. course and the i i do the the concept 
I do agree. It wasn't used to its full effect. <laughs> I think no, um, it it's a, it's a really neat idea. And um, the first half of it is really cool. But then um, not that there's like plot holes really, but I don't know. They, they, they could have. Yeah. Which is fine. But you know, when you have that crazy of a sci-fi idea, um, I, I feel like they, they could have edged into it more. Um, yeah. I feel but, like uh, Danny Boyle didn't really know what, what he wanted to do with this movie. But yeah. Just a full on, you know, rom- romantic comedy slash drama film or a sci-fi kind of, con- you know, cool concept kind of film. But the, there is one uh, real life person who, who shows up um, or they have someone playing that, that character. I don't want to give it away for spoiler reasons, yeah, but spoiler. that was, that was a really good moment. <laughs> I, 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 I like that a lot. Yeah. It was really neat. That that actually, just because I'm a, such a big Beatles fan, that actually almost brought me to tears too. Just just seeing that um, as a you know a possible uh, alternate reality. So yeah, I'm not the biggest Beatles fans in the Beatles fan in the world, but you know I uh, I like I like the music. Uh, what drew me to this movie one was of course Lily James, uh, but the concept was really really interesting. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a sucker for these kind of sweet rom-com movies because uh, yeah. I have a lot of rom-coms in my favorite movies of all time because a lot of these, you know, I, I, I'm a sucker for them because, you know, a lot of them draw emotion out of me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yesterday was no uh, exception to that. Really, really, really great film, in my opinion. So, yeah, guys, I, 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 I hope we persuade you enough to go check out yesterday. It's quite, quite good. All right, let's move on to July because I've been waiting so long to talk about July. The, ben, this is this is where summer to me was just like it was already it was good. You know, we had our end games. We had Toy Story four. We had our yesterdays, and we had you know, John Wick three. But I felt like every week we were just getting something really really good, man. And um, one of these movies I actually didn't get a chance to see in theaters, um, but it. it one of these films, actually, Ben, I want to let you guess at the very end. But two of these films are now my top 25 films of all time that came out in July. I think you probably already know. I think you know one of them. Uh, you might know both of them, actually. Oh, actually, let, let me go and ask you. Do you know what, what, what films they are? The Farewell and Midsummer. Damn you. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A24. Both films, yeah. They, they, they know how to do it, man. They know how to do it. I don't know what the, what they're doing over there. Sure, they are a factory. They are just pumping out film, out, great film after great film. Out. Not all of them are masterpieces. Yeah, I think there's one recently, First Cow, that wasn't all that good in my opinion. But yeah. um, I feel like there's quite a few that are kind of overlooked and not talked about. <laughs> yeah, because they just keep pumping them. Out. They're like Netflix, dude. They just keep pumping out material. I mean, oh, yeah, I they do a lot. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Um. We are actually sponsored by A24. I'm just kidding. No, but um, hey, A24, I'm still waiting for my Midsommar director's cut. Uh, you guys haven't let me know if you have more in stock. So let me know. I'm willing to pay. Thanks. Uh, we had an MCU film come out in July. Mm-hmm. We had a horror, you know, we've had a couple of horror films. We have one of my favorite dramas, you know, and. <laughs> Oh, uh, Ben, it seems like every other podcast now we're talking about the Lion King for some freaking reason. <laughs> I know. Lion King. Yeah, um, so we're, we're not going to spend too much time talking about the Lion King. And so we're going to go ahead and talk about that first. 
All right. Um, just to go ahead and get it over with. Eh. You know what? I don't even look. We we've 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 made our piece. I enjoy it more than others. Yet I still don't like it all that much. I gave it a seven and a half. That's kind of where I'm at. Like a seven six. I'm I'm in that range. The first half is better than the second half. Timon, Pumbaa, uh, and Zazu are the the best parts about this movie. Um, it's visually spectacular, and that's all I gotta say. The mu- oh, and you know I I will say that the music I thought was really well done, except for that new song uh, that Beyonce did that did not fit the movie at all. Yeah. In my. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's it's a film. It, this to me really felt like the Disney cash grab, um, to me. And I got I got spoiled too because I just saw the play for the first time a couple of weeks before when I went to uh, New York. So, you know, it, that probably had part to do with my review also. Um, but yeah, we're not gonna go into it any more than that. So Ben, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, nothing else. I've already said. Yeah. We 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 made our peace with it. I feel like we talk about this one way too much, more than we probably should. But um, some other quick ones. <clears throat> Crawl, that was a nice little thriller. I enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, it's 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 something spectacular. But I had fun with it. Uh, have you had to see Crawl? Nope. I recommend you do. I think you and uh, I think you and Anna have a good time with it. That's fun. Uh, Stuber. I was looking forward to this a lot because I like I like uh, Kamal and Johnny quite quite a bit, and uh, Dave Bautista has turned into quite the comedian, especially with the stuff as Drax and, and the Marvel movies. It was whatever. I don't even care for it. Um, ben, any thoughts on? Uh, I, <laughs> I I do like the two leads, but in um, other things, um, but I. Not that I avoided this one, but I'm I don't have any interest in seeing this based off the trailers. Yeah, it's it, 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 if if they ever put it on Hulu or Netflix one day, it's free. Check it out. I wouldn't recommend paying for it. Um, I found it on the Google, they had they had it on sale on the Google Play Store. I think for like eight bucks one day. So I was like, you know what? Just to add to my library, cool. I'm just gonna put it on there. And I think like a month later, it went on HBO. So I was like, ah, damn it. So um, you know, it is what it is. Oh, and Karen Gillan's also in the movie too, mm. for about ten minutes. No, actually, less than that—three minutes. So uh, I was way off there. All right, so let's talk about the good stuff in July because there was a lot of really, really good stuff. Ben, where do we start? Uh, let's start from the top with Spidey. You want to start with Spidey? All yeah. right, cool. Let's start with Spidey Far From Home. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Love it. I am on the record. I love it more than Homecoming. I'm sticking to it. I love this one more than Homecoming. It's, uh, I think what this film does better than Homecoming, one is the action. The action is clearly better than than than, than, than Homecoming, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, I do prefer Michael Keaton's Vulture over Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, though. Yeah, um, as a villain. I No, I, I'm going to get this one away, too. Look, y'all know I love me some Tony Stark. He has my favorite character of all time in any movie, period. Can we please stop it with every single Spidey character having some sort of connection to Tony Stark? I am done. I hope Mysterio is the last one. We need to move on from Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> um, Vulture had a connection with them. Mm-hmm. Mysterio had a connection with them. I'm, I'm over it. 
I'm over it, guys. So uh, I well, here's it's kind of hard now to have a connection to him, but uh, yeah, that hurt, man. That hurt. <laughs> too soon. Too soon, man. Way too soon. I'm st- I'm not over it. I'm still crying. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah, Tom Holland once again proves why he was why he was cast as Peter Parker. He he is Peter Parker to me. He is Spider Man. He's still I mean, when he's swinging around doing his thing, he's still talking crap. You know, he's having a good time, and uh, you know they they didn't have that scene in the trailer. Um, with you know that that dining room scene, I think they put that as an extended uh, as a deleted scene. Yeah, in the and they put it in with the re-release you have in the restaurant. I don't know, I don't know why they would cut that out. That's a really good scene. Uh, but this is really more about, as I said earlier, this is more about Peter moving on from from Tony. Like you really have to watch this to or watch Endgame to really get what's going on here, far from home. Because I one of the things Ben, I I wish I did more of. I wanted to see more of what the world was like after Endgame. And I said in my part one uh, that I, wa- I was going to wait to talk about it here. But, you know, we are five years now after removed from Endgame mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 in terms of MCU timeline. And we're actually, to be more specific, we're in 2024 now. Hmm. Um, yeah, but we're, we are in 2024. Uh, when it comes to the, the timeline, because they, you know, eight months has passed since the the events of Endgame, mm-hmm. so uh, they are we are in 2024. So I'm curious where we're going to go here with the MCU moving forward, and I, I hope eventually we will get some more stuff about what happened to you know people after Endgame. You know, as far as people come back from the snap and everything. Then, yeah, uh, what I wanted to see too was like, hey. What about those couples that moved on? You know, like boyfriends and girlfriends. <laughs> I, I wish we could have saw more of that, but I love the opening. You know, let's just let's just focus on the movie here. I love the opening to this film with that little in memoriam, uh, kind <laughs> of done that high school way. And I love the song choice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a nice touch. Yep. Um, and the little uh, Getty Images thing, I think. Yeah, uh, not I a sponsor vision. for Vision. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was really, <laughs> that was really funny. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I love the little little uh, high school news thing they were doing. And he brought up a good question, too, which I hope gets explained later. Because he, he brings up something that I think a lot of people overlooked. The guy says, uh, hey, I hope nothing big happens. It's like, are the Avengers even a thing anymore? Like I hope we get to explore that in future MCU films, Ben. Like, cause are the Avengers a thing anymore? I'm I'm curious of you know like what what that is like what, what who they are because you know Avengers base is kind of uh, destroyed at the moment. So, yeah. Um. Thanks, Thanos. Uh. But um. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm I'm just curious. But um. A lot of some people I talk to. Are, were annoyed by the whole Ned and Betty relationship. I quite liked that. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. Um, especially with the whole texting back and forth when they're sitting right next to each other. Yeah. Seeing Peter's face. That, that was fun. But the heart of this movie for me is Peter and uh, Peter, Peter and Zendaya. Peter and, and MJ. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Colin and, and Zendaya. Zendaya got, didn't really get a whole lot to do in the homecoming besides kind of have some comic relief here and there. Right. She really shines this movie, man, and it really just shows how great of an actress Zendaya is when she's given her, her stuff. 
when when you give her a great script, she will shine. Uh, you see that in the show Euphoria, which I implore more people to watch. It's so so good. Zendaya's a great actress, guys. And look, whether she's MJ, Mary Jane, I don't care. All right, you only need to get over there. If we get a black Mary Jane, so what? So what? Get over it. Not everything has to be exactly like the comics. Just, just stop. Stop yeah. it. She, she's great, though. And I like how Flash isn't really a bully in this movie. Uh, this time he's kind of like the social media, you know, you know <laughs> trying to get all the, the likes and he's IG live in the whole thing. Yeah. And this last thing I want to talk about, too. And then I'm sure Benny will probably touch upon the post credit scenes, which I think we've talked about a lot on the show on this podcast also. Uh, JB Smooth was so funny in this man. He was really, really funny as the other chaperone. I hope they bring him back for another movie. He was really good. Um, he can be hit or miss with me, but I think he's really good as the little bumbling teacher here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I love JB Smooth in almost everything, uh, especially okay. in Curb Your Enthusiasm. God, he's so good, oh. Curb. Uh, but. The other teacher too. I I always forget that actor's name. But Martin the, uh, Star. Yeah, dude, he's he always seems to have like the perfect timing for his jokes and everything. He's so yep. good. And yeah. Uh, oh, I'm happy. John Favreau's happy. I'm yeah. Glad, glad he was back too, being kind of the, the new mentor to Peter. Even though people say Nick Fury was, that's a bunch of BS. It's really happy. Happy is really his mentor. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I've been talking forever, so please talk about Far From Home. Uh, we've talked about it a lot uh, I, I, I kind of echo a lot of the same sentiments um, I do agree Vulture is a better villain but of course I love Jake Gyllenhaal uh, I think he does really well um, yeah he's great and the uh, we knew Mysterio what was going to happen with his character but it was still cool to see yeah I know they were extreme. trying to act like uh, oh he's going to be an Avenger oh yeah. be it yeah. please yeah. that was a little much um and I will just say the the post credits, some of the most um, revolutionary, I guess, <laughs> uh, in the MCU. And I'm super excited to see where they go with that. Uh, of course, the past couple of weeks, we've gotten a lot of news on possibilities of people showing up. But uh, yeah, real, real interested to see where we go. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, Spider-Man Three lo- is looking pretty packed. I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. Yeah, uh, same. Because every time a Spider-Man movie gets packed, that's never good news. <laughs> never good news at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, Spider-Man Three. I'm looking at Spider-Man Two. I'm looking at you guys. But I still trust Kevin Feige, and Sony seems to have a kind of a grasp on Spider-Man with the help of Kevin Feige, of course. So we'll see. And John Watts has done a great job so far of. Uh, of juggling all these characters uh, and handling Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, but if you're going to have all these characters, maybe you should have uh, lunch with the Russos and have, have talk to them about juggling characters. Cause they, I think they're, I think they're okay. Ben, the Russos are juggling a lot of characters. Yeah. Yeah. They're all right. They're, they're okay. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a good recommendation. Yeah. And like I said, the, Maybe it's not a uh, n- neither good or bad, but the uh, post credit scenes were fantastic. We've talked a lot about that first one. I'm I'm curious where that second one's gonna land too, uh, with the with the whole scrolls thing. I'm I'm really really curious where we're because they don't they want to just put that in just for the fun of it. Yeah, uh, well. that big of a post credit thing. 
I mean, I I guess they've done stuff like that before, then, and they haven't in post credits that they found just like let it go. But that to me seems really interesting. Now I have a hard time believing though that there are some people to believe that the Nick Fury at Tony's funeral and game was a scroll. No, it wasn't. I I would have a hard time believing that if that's true. Really? really? Yeah, I feel like Nick Fury would come back to Earth for that. Yeah, especially because uh, given how close he was to Tony. So yeah. Uh, all right, apart from home. Didn't really get too much into it because Ben and I've kind of talked about it before, and I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about Far From Home. So uh, let's move on to Midsommar. Came out the same weekend as Far From Home. And as I alluded to earlier, it is one of my favorite films of all time, in my top 25 films of all time, and it's my favorite horror film of all time. This movie messed me up, man. And I, 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 I think I told the story before, but maybe not on the pod, but I told Ben this story. And I'll say it again in case we have some first-time listeners. First of all, welcome. Thank you for the listening to the Infinity Flip podcast. Hi. Um, <laughs> hey. Uh, so I, I was in. I saw this film in New York um, with, with my mom. We were on vacation, family vacation, and uh, I no, I didn't. I saw Far From Home with my mom, but I almost saw Midsummer with my mom, Ben. I am so glad I didn't. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. Uh, first of all, first of all, Ben, we need to witness acknowledge right up front. Florence Pugh, mm-hmm. I love you. You are fantastic. You are now in this movie put puts you in my top ten actresses of all time. I, I love I love her performance in this movie so much. Ben, she was robbed of at least of a nomination at the Oscars. She was robbed. She was robbed. Sure. Yeah. No, not sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no. That doesn't cut it. Don't <laughs> you some respect. All right. She was robbed of an Oscar. Her performance in this powerful. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying so hard to curse on here because I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Ari Aster, who did a Hereditary, and now we Ben, I've already spoken about Hereditary a couple times. Um, I've I've enjoyed it more on repeat viewings. Ben's kind of still staying at where he's at with his rating. Uh, this is definitely more. This was marketed more mainstream. This is definitely more of a mainstream uh, mainstream film than Hereditary was. But you want to think that when you're watching this film, this is an art. This is an art. This is an art house film, and it is a. Uh, it is, the perfect example of how to do a great slow burn, Ben. I mean, this film takes its time, develops its characters. Oh yeah. The, the ensemble is great. I mean, nothing – shit doesn't really get going until almost an hour into the movie. I mean, the first – like, the first, like the opening – first 20 minutes or so was Florence Pugh kind of depressed and crying a lot for good reason. Yeah. Um, well, not – it's not a good reason why she's crying, but the situation. Right. Yeah, so uh, also shout out to, 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 to Jack Rander for playing a douchebag of a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, really. Guys, this is not how to behave as a boyfriend or as a friend because he's he is a bad friend too. He is a really really bad friend. Um, but they're all kind of they're all kind of a holes except for Florence Pugh. Uh, but even Florence Pugh has kind of her issues in this movie also. Um, not a whole lot of people are really root for Ben. Truthfully, nope. You would think their uh their foreign friend who invites them. He seems like the nice guy. 
then it turns out, oh, you, you're quite the douche. You're quite the dick yourself. Okay, yeah. you're an you're you're an a hole. Okay, um, and that kind of, I wish I could, I wish I could explain why, but I don't think I should give away spoilers here, Ben. No, we can stay away from him. I guess. Yeah. I w- I wish I could. Um, there's so much to dissect in this movie, Ben. And uh, some great foreshadowing. I love the daytime horror stuff. That was great. I loved how there really is. There's one moment where it's supposed to be a jump scare, and it's not. But I got to say, that first, ri- there's a ritual scene. And it's where shit really gets crazy, guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I looked away. Don't eat, don't eat, don't drink anything. Because they show a lot. Uh-huh. And there is also a, this is a tiny, tiny spoiler. There is a nice little orgy scene going on, and they show so, so much. Uh, <laughs> orgy might even be giving it too much credit. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to be. <laughs> As PG thirteen as I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember seeing this man because I was by myself. My whole theater was cracking up during that scene, dude. Yeah. For good reason. Like first, you're trying to like make it less awkward in the theater, yeah. and two, it's just kind of funny um, when you really think about it. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a whole lot of disturbing content in this movie, guys. Uh, trust me, the trailers give away nothing. The trailers don't even begin to tell you how messed up this movie is, but it's it, it's all for the better because the story is really great. Uh, shout out also to I want to give a, make sure I shout out the whole cast here: Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. If you guys have watched The Good Place, please watch this great show. Uh, William Jackson Harper, he's great. Uh, Will Poulter has some of the best uh, com- comedic moments, <laughs> and yeah. the last really stuff. Like I said. It, Shit doesn't hit the fan really until the the, the hits at like that hour mark, but the last like five minutes are just like okay, wow, um, that's a lot, Ben. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this 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 movie, I I love the stuff they do with the relationships because it's really it's really a breakup movie, and I yeah. love how they tackle that or how Ari tackled that. I love Warren's performance. The cinematography is out of this world, breathtaking. It is so yes. gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. And the long, finish. flowing shots. Yep. It is beautiful. And the violence in the film, while it's not really, it's not like a slasher kind of horror. The the the, the violence all works for the necessity of the story. And um, like I said, the final five minutes are kind of like WTF. Uh, I love it. I love it, man. And you can really, you can learn a lot from this kind of film. I, I, I enjoy going back and revisiting it just because I, I either find stuff I missed before or just enjoying all the performances, especially Florence's and Jack Rayner's performances so much. Um, uh, so, yeah, Ben, you want to talk about some for a little bit before we move on? Uh, just a little bit. Um, the, uh, I keep saying not a big horror guy. Um, the, this one again i can i can appreciate the the cinematography the acting is top notch 
Um, but uh, just it's very, very disturbing to me, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, not uh, not something I'm I'm jumping to to revisit again. Um, I, I guess I would say I li- liked it better than Hereditary, I guess, um, or, or at least got more out of it. I suppose I don't know, um, and maybe I was more. Uh, you know the 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 gory stuff is it upsets my stomach, so I, I look away during that. Um, Hereditary I watched alone, and then Midsummer I watched with Anna, so maybe that uh, you know a little different experience as well. Um, watching with someone, but uh, being able to talk through some of the things. But uh, yeah, anyway, both both are very disturbing, and uh, it's um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that, I guess. Yeah, and look, it is it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. It's long. Yeah. There's no going there's no getting around it. I, I, I never as much as I love this film, there are some scenes where I'm like, you could probably maybe could have cut that out and that out. But it's not really because of the scenes, it's just how he'll just stay on a certain take or just a, a certain character or just a certain environment and just have it focused the camera focused on that yeah thing for a very long time. So yeah, it, 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 like I said, man, I think you and I can both agree. Florence P was the star of this movie. I mean, yeah. she's she's excellent, mm-hmm. and uh, this is where I fell in love with her because this was my first exposure to. I believe this was my first exposure to the Florence Pugh because I I didn't see Fight with My Family till much much later. Um, I I know she's been in some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like The Commuter, uh, Lady Macbeth. But yeah, this was my first. This was my first go around with Florence, Florence Pugh and Ben, she is going to be something else in Hollywood, man. I mean, yes. she, if she's already got an Oscar nomination. She, that won't be her last. That, I mark my word. I think you and I can both agree on that too. That's not going to be her last Oscar nope. nomination. Um, so yeah, that's been some more guys. I want to talk about the farewell for, for a second. Directed by Lulu, Lulu, Lulu Wang. Um, based off a true story. Guys, if you haven't seen the farewell, what are you doing? Talk about a sweet, heartfelt family film about a really, really sad situation. Um, so basically, the premise of the film is, you know, Aquafina uh, and her family, they, you know, they're going to go to China and uh, to take, you know, to go to their cousin's wedding, but really it's kind of a ruse to say goodbye to Aquafina's grandma, who is dying from, you know, with cancer. And, uh, but she doesn't know that. And, and, and I guess in China, that's a law. Like you, you, or, uh, you know, you can do that, but you, you don't have, you know, so she doesn't know she has cancer. And so she's just kind of walking around like everything's okay. Even though I have a feeling she probably knew deep down, uh, obviously, you know, she knows now because there's a movie about it, but, um, I wasn't the big, I was always sitting with Aquafina, man. She was next level in this movie, dude. So, so good. The entire cast of the ensemble for this film was great. And um, they really made China felt felt lived in. Uh, and I, I, there are scenes in here that I'll just make a cry. And um, it's, just a, it's just a sweet family film, man. And I, I didn't even realize this until like months after I saw it. This one was PG. I was like, oh, wow. Usually, A24 films, or most of them are R, PG-13, you know, 
but this was PG. I was surprised. Um, I'm trying to find the words to really describe this movie. It's just, it's entertaining. It's heartfelt. It, it warms your heart. Uh, it's my it's my third favorite film of 2019, only behind Endgame and uh, Queen and Slim. But um, yeah, man, I I I've run out of words to really because I you know I've talked about it a lot on my page and mm-hmm. and uh, and I've mentioned a couple times on our podcast I think so. It's another hit for May 24, and they they really outdone themselves with this one. And it's actually, uh, I'm pretty sure this is actually my favorite A24 film, if I'm not mistaken. I think it is, yeah. So uh, it, it's just, it's so beautiful, Ben. I don't think you see that yet, have you? Yeah, Ben, you got to watch this immediately. Like, this needs to be on your watch list. It's, it, it is so, so good. And most, actually, most A24 films are on Amazon Prime. So I, I think this might be on Amazon Prime. Uh, but yeah, when this was available to pre-order, I had to get it because I missed it in theaters but i've heard nothing but good things i heard nothing but good things so i I bought it blown away and um yeah just talk about it now makes me want to go back and rewatch it so uh i i i i really do hope you guys give give it a shot it's really good um all right so there's one more film in july ben we have to talk about Mm -hmm. once upon a time in hollywood yes so Ben, why don't you go ahead and talk about this one first? Well, this is another Quentin Tarantino film, uh, stacked cast, of course, as always. Uh, I love going back to this this time period of the '60s with all the 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 music and the the fashion and the behind the scenes of the movie sets and stuff. Uh, it was a lot of fun being in that world, and especially living in it with DiCaprio, Pitt, and Robbie. Um, and having the Manson murders kind of looming, uh, and then showing up later in the film, um, without giving away spoilers was kind of, kind of put you on edge, uh, at least for me, cause I, I knew of the murders and what had happened. Um, and so yeah, but there but there's also some really cool scenes and some hilarious <laughs> ones as well, especially DiCaprio and uh, and the, the little girl Julia Butters, uh, actress. Um, you know, Quentin Tarantino is great with the dialogue, and like I said, the music. It's a huge soundtrack, and it's cool how most of it's playing through Brad Pitt's uh, car stereo as well, and you get some of the commercials and and radio static uh, as well to make it really feel realistic. Um, so yeah, I, I liked being there with the characters a lot and then the, the connections to, to real life and he pulls a little, uh, you know, inglorious bastards um, <laughs> similarities, I guess. Uh, but it's, it's, it's welcomed and it's, it's a lot of fun. What, what were your thoughts on the film Rod? Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, I dug it the first time uh, I watched it. I saw it, I think it was twice or three times in theaters. might be twice. I can't remember. Um, In theaters. And, uh, yeah, the first time I saw it, I gave it like eight, eight and a half. My biggest complaint was that there was no plot 
I was kind of like, we're not really going towards one main thing. Sure. Uh, but then after talking with some uh, fellow friends on Instagram and uh, I even talked about it with my buddy Brandon, who is in love with this film. It's one of his favorite films of all time. It's uh, It's a film that I have grown to love more and more because I, I start, you know, I go back and I, you know, we watch it now. I'm like, okay, there really isn't supposed to be a plot to this. That was another Tarantino yeah. point. This is just a, a true love letter to Hollywood. And mm-hmm. uh, really, if there's any plot, it's really about DiCaprio and Pitt and their friendship. And I'm glad Pitt won the best Oscar. Oh, best Oscar, best actor, best supporting actor nomination. Yep. Well deserved. I will say this too, though. I was disappointed with Margot Robbie. Not of her performance, but the way her character was used. Either don't have her in at all, or don't have Margot Robbie be in the movie and have someone else play that character. Because I don't think you waste such a talent like Margot Robbie, and then you only have her in those scenes to show her feet. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always get the feet thing. Yeah. Um, so, I I like I think having her, uh, having Sharon Tate in there is kind of essential uh, to to connect to the the real life events. Yeah, I, I um, get that. I just, I but it wasn't like I don't know. She's such a talented. She's an incredible actress, and I I yeah. don't like Quentin kind of wasted her. Yeah, yeah, they they should have had her in there more. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they should have had her in there more. <laughs> but it was a long movie already, and they it kind of felt like the main focus was you know DiCaprio and Pitt. But I do agree. They uh, I liked Robbie in those scenes, but there there should have been more from her. Oh yeah, no, she did great for what she was given, which wasn't much. Yeah. Um, because actually in the beginning it seemed like she was going to be in a lot because they kept going back to her a couple times. I was like, oh okay. And then the second half, she kind of just goes away for a little bit. And I was like, oh, all right. You know, now, now we do flash forward to her watching herself in a movie, and I like that a lot. Yeah. But then it kept showing her feet, and I was like, all right, I get it, Tarantino. I, I get it. Shoot. Dang. Relax. You know, but there's too many jokes about that. All right, we don't, we don't need to get into that, Ben. Um, and, you know, Tarantino, I, I, I could have sworn, man, because I, I heard so many things about the third act going into the movie. Like, the third act's so great. You're not going to be disappointed. You come to this movie for the third act. I was like, there's only one third act in 2019 that was spectacular. And that was Endgame. <laughs> I want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And as the movie was going on, but I was like, okay, we're almost toward the third act. Uh, what's, uh, what's going on here? Third act is great. <laughs> third <laughs> act is great. Because it, it felt like Tarantino couldn't help himself, man. He was like, I, I gotta kill somebody. Just gotta, gotta have some kind of violence, man. Gotta, <laughs> I just gotta do it. So, um, you know, it was really enjoyable, especially because, Ben, we were, you know, we, we were the, the first two acts, really the first two hours were just so, uh, there was barely any violence at all, really. Um, yeah. And it was really just a character driven story up to that point. Mm hmm. It's really the first two hours and 20 minutes, probably. This is a two hour and 43 minute film, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, the last 15, 20 minutes is great, especially with Brad Pitt's character being kind of, not kind of, he was really high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was great. And a different take on the Manson murders, if you, if you should say. Uh, I, I don't want to give, this, this third act, I don't want to give anything away. No. Uh, I don't want to. Talk. I, want, I think you should go in 
and just experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I actually, this is one of those Tarantino films, man. I hope they release. I want to see this uh, back on the big screen. I want to see like an Adobe Cinema or like an IMAX or something. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Just to go back here because it was so cool seeing this in theaters, dude. Mm-hmm. Like with because the, the production and they ha- how they closed off Hollywood Boulevard and all that. Yeah. Shout out to Tarantino for that and making this feel real realistic and, and lived in. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and it, Ben. It is actually it's either like ninety eight or ninety nine on my top one hundred films of all time. I I oh, love this film. It, just it, making the cut. Yeah, just making the cut. I I have grown to love the more and more I watch, watch it. It is so so good. And I actually thought too, Ben. You know, just digging a little bit to the Oscars. I thought it might have had a chance to win Best Picture just because everyone was it was kind of a hot topic going into award season. Yeah. That and nineteen seventeen were kind of the hot topics. You know, the the, the mm-hmm. presumptive favorites. And you know, Parasite came along and kind of stole that thunder. Mm-hmm. Well deserved, by the way. Yes. Uh, if you haven't checked out a Parasite retrospective, please do. Uh, nice. Yeah, I had to do that at the end there. So let's move on, Ben. To if, our, if there wasn't any other film in July, I don't think there was. I don't think I missed anything. No. Uh, we spoke about Lion King. Yeah. So let's move on to July or August. Jesus. Um, we had a Fast and Furious film. Uh, I, I go into a little bit on my page, guys. If you just want to go on my page. I, I kind of have a, a little emotional connection to this movie, uh, but I'm not going to get into that here. Uh, I'm I'm a bit biased going into the Hobbs and Shaw. I had a lot of fun. I I realize how ridiculous and stupid this movie is, but I had a fun time. So that's all I'm going to say about that because that's all the emotional way I have to talk about it without getting really emotional about it so i'm gonna let ben talk about it for a little bit um well i'm not the biggest fast and furious fan i think fast five is my favorite and after then it's kind of gone downhill uh for me i wasn't too well furious seven's good too uh, but uh, i wasn't too excited for this one um johnson and statham uh, i love elba but he's kind of a throwaway villain to me um but then you got Kirby, Vanessa Kirby, and uh, Aiza Gonzalez. Uh, they do great. Um, barely in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, barely in the movie. Also, is is Vanessa Kirby Jason Satham's sister? That math doesn't really work. Um, but but, uh, but anyway, the, the the stunts get a little too over, too too huge and over bombastic, I guess, for me. Um, but if you if you like the other Fast and Furious movies, then you like this one too. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, this so. is really a Fast and Furious film made for the Fast and Furious fans. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, The Rock and and Statham make this movie work, as well as Vanessa Kirby and Idris Elba was looked like he was having a bunch of fun. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of what you go into these Fast and Furious movies for, because it looks like the cast does have a lot of fun making these movies, and I mean, The Rock just has fun making movies. In general, because he just loves life and everything, loves what he does. Um, and you know, he brings his rock charm and so does Statham and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, get with, I, I agree with you on the, the set pieces get a little bombastic and ridiculous and stupid, but I, I, I don't know, man. I just I had so much fun watching this movie just because of how ridiculous and stupid it was. And I fell in love with Vanessa Kirby in this movie, mainly because of what she did in Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, 
Yeah, yeah, that's Hobson Shaw for you. I, I'd be down too to see another one just with the Rock and Saber again too. I, I'd be down. And looks like we're probably going to get one too. So, they for me they they had there were some really good jokes and they worked not well together, but you know the actors worked off each other. Yeah. Um, but but then sometimes they would just kind of overplay how much they hated each other. Yeah, I, I I can understand the criticism. I guess for me, it just, it just worked. Hmm. So, like I said, like I said earlier, it's a Fast and Furious movie made for the Fast and Furious fan. If if this is your first introduction to the franchise, I'm sorry, but you're not, <laughs> yeah. this is probably another film to, to get you into the franchise. Um, also, too, two of the best celebrity cameos in any movie ever happened in this movie. <laughs> I love these cameos so much. <laughs> Yeah, and I hope all of them come back for the next one. Yeah, it kind of seems like that might happen. Especially, especially one of them. Yeah, well, because they're more than just cameos, really. But um, yeah, I, I won't go into it. Anyway. Yeah, I won't spoil it. Uh, we also had a Dora film with Isabel Moner. It did Dora. Me neither. So, uh, all right, moving on. Cool, uh, Ben. This movie. I don't have to call a waste of a cast, waste of potential, a waste of my time. It is called The Kitchen uh, from Warner Brothers, directed uh, by Andrea Berloff. Uh, now, going through her filmography real quick, she has directed films such as Nothing. <laughs> She's been a writer on everything. She was a writer for Sleepless. She was like, oh, she co-wrote Straight Outta Compton, and she wrote the World Trade Center movie with Nicolas Cage. So she has written some good stuff before. Now she also the last movie she did before that was Sleepless, with Jamie Fox and T.I. and Michelle Monaghan. Ah, love Michelle Monaghan, so shout mm-hmm. out to Michelle. Monaghan. Um, and I love Jamie Fox. Actually, damn shit, I can watch this movie. It's that <laughs> cat. Oh my god, Good lord. Yeah. So clearly, you guys that I haven't seen Sleepless yet. Uh, game's over. Awesome. Great. Uh, sorry, guys. I've been watching the Braves game. Uh, but where was I been? Yeah, the kitchen. Yeah, a waste of potential, man. Because as it turns out, Melissa McCarthy can actually do some drama, some serious stuff once she wants to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you guys, have, what was that movie called, Ben? Forgive me. What was it called? Can um, you ever forgive me? Yeah, dude, she was so good in that. So and to hold her own against Hugh Grant, because that was Hugh Grant, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, no, Richard E. Grant. Yeah, Richard E. Grant. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Still, I'm still Richard E. Yeah. Grant, great actor. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you have uh, all right, Tiffany Haddish. All right. I'm, I'm hit or miss with her. I I didn't really think she good for a lot of drama stuff, but I mean, yeah, whatever. Elizabeth Moss, fantastic actress. We we now know how great of an actress she is because of the Invisible Man. But she, I mean, she also the, the, did the Handmaid's Tale, which I still had to watch. Ben, um, it's actually on my queue to start watching uh, here real soon because I've heard nothing but fantastic things. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, I fell asleep twice. Oh wow, <laughs> this is really bad. Um, my sister fell asleep once. This is this movie sucks. This is a garbage movie. Great concept, great story. Uh, boggled down by a terrible, 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 terrible script. And no, 
you were not experiencing technical difficulties. That was me saying terrible 20 times. Because <laughs> the script is awful. It is horrendous. That's all I'll say about the kitchen. Because we're going to keep, we like to keep things positive here on the FA the Film Podcast. Mm-hmm. So I want to go ahead and talk about a movie that I really did love. And it has my Hollywood crush. Oh, in here the we go. Film. The Peanut Butter Falcon, America's Sweetheart, Dakota Johnson, who's at the start of the movie, but she's in the movie. Um, the real star of this movie is uh, my man. Oh, where is he? I just, dang. Zach Gossigan? Yes, thank you. Zach Gossigan. Wikipedia page. So good, man. So, mm-hmm. so good. Uh, and Shia LaBeouf, too. I love, I love Shia LaBeouf, man. Yep. Same. I know. I I get it. He's he's a little crazy, but he had a pretty good 2019 between this and Honey Boy. Ben, this is just this is just a sweet movie, man. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet movie, and the chemistry between LaBeouf and Gaston is great. And then, of course, when Dakota shows up, oh, uh, she's, she's just so she's just so great, man. She's just she's great. We know, we know. I love I loved her chemistry with with Gaston and LaBeouf, and yep. The love story I could have done without between LaBeouf and Johnson. Now I, I I could have done without that. That, sure. that was um yeah that that was just a subplot that could have been left out. Um, but the wrestling stuff was cool, and seeing Thomas Hayden Church come in was great. Um, yeah. <laughs> the ending, I am neither in love or I hate it. It's just kind of like I I, I feel like I know something bad about the ending. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. I the journey, Ben, is so good mm-hmm. and the acting is incredible. And Dakota Johnson is so great that <laughs> um, you know, I just have to uh and I have to give this a positive review because I mean, America's sweethearts in it. So let me, let, let's not, let, 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 let the biased person here uh get in and talk about the film. And let's just talk about Let's let Ben talk about Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, well, yeah, you you hit a lot of the highlights. Um, yeah, from Johnson, I know. It, well, yeah, um, yeah, it is a it is a really sweet story. Um, Zach Otskin, I'm excited to see him and more stuff. I think he has a movie coming out soon. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad this is not just a one off for him. I'm, mm-hmm. I hope he's in more stuff. Yep, me right. too. Um, yeah, I mean, he he had me laughing and crying uh, in this movie. Um, and when he escaped the hot one when he escaped that home dude i was oh that had me that had me in stitches that yeah. was funny. <laughs> yep um and i i follow him on instagram too and he's a super super nice guy um with the the posts he's had yeah, it seemed um, like shy kind of took him under his wing too when they were on set and then yeah. afterwards off it seemed like they formed a really nice friendship off screen yep yeah that's, that's cool to see it wasn't for the cameras um no, I hope, I hope yeah, I don't. I don't think so. But um, yeah, yeah. Shia LaBeouf, uh, like you said, he, he pops up in uh, uh, you know, kind of indie films lately, and uh, good. I'm glad. But he's yeah. That's that's where he does his best work, I think. Um, and always good to see him. And then also Bruce Dern, John Bernthal, and he called out Thomas Hayden Church as well. Uh, and Dakota, yes, <laughs> why well, you already talked about her, I know. Um, well, you could have mentioned her also. Okay, yes, yes, a person named Dakota is in this movie. Um, I hate you. 
but yeah, I recommend it if uh, if you haven't seen it. I believe if you have a Hulu account, it's on Hulu. Um, so check it out if you have a, if you have a Hulu account, or just own it. <laughs> That's another option as well. Yes. Just own it. <laughs> uh, ben, Angry Birds two came out. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just saying it came out. <laughs> I don't say anything. Uh, where'd you go, Bernadette? Yeah, all right, cool. All right. 47 meters down. Okay, okay, we're just going to move on from that also. Uh, ben and I were talking about this off screen uh, before we start recording. Uh, neither him or I have seen Blinded by the Light, um, but I do hope to go and check it out uh, eventually. So I, I do quite enjoy the, I, you know, those kind of movies. It just looked like another yesterday to me, and I wasn't really interested in seeing another one at the time. Yeah. Yeah, this one's uh, centered around Bruce Springsteen, who another uh, person, musician I'm a fan of. And this director also did um, Bending, Bending it like Bending Beckham, Bend it like Beckham, which was a good movie Bending as well. Beckham, <laughs> Beckham Bending, uh, where he no, David Beckham well, does yoga. Who? Uh, yeah. But I like that movie as well, if you couldn't tell. So, uh, yeah, excited to see this one. But anyway. Uh, all right. Um, Angel Has Fallen, the third and apparent, maybe the final film of the Fallen franchise, came out with Gerald Butler and Morgan Freeman is not president because Aaron Eckhart kind of just... God, I don't know what happened to him after The Dark Knight, man, but I mean, he just did like some of these smaller, <laughs> more smaller films and I don't know if you just let the Dark Knight just kind of he just wrote the success of that, or um, he just didn't choose the best of roles, or his agent just sucks. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, um, he hasn't been peering at much big ones. Yeah. So uh, my second favorite of the Fallen franchise, I still think Olympus is the best. Uh, ben, I don't think you've seen any of the Fallen films, have you? No, none been, of them. Stupid action movies. Olympus is Fallen is actually a pretty solid action movie, though. Uh, so I recommend you definitely watch that. Blinded Has Fallen is really dumb. Uh, Angel is really good, though. I will say that. So uh, I recommend checking out the trilogy. It's, it's, it's the harmless trilogy. Um, good Boys, kind of an underrated comedy, in my opinion. I laughed a lot during this movie. Um, kind of like super bad, but for but dealing with nine, ten-year-olds. Um, I laughed a lot. Nothing new here. Um, the hmm. stick kind of gets a lot for a while, though. Um, I did like in one of the promotional videos they had Seth Rogen uh, talking to the kids, and he was like, "Yeah, you're not allowed to see your own movie." And they're like, "What?" And he's funny. like, "Yeah, it's rated R, so you, you you're not allowed to go see it." <laughs> that right. was pretty funny. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, there really is one movie in, in August I really wanted to get to besides Peanut Butter Falcon because I love Peanut Butter Falcon so much. And uh, Ben, this movie to me kind of came out of nowhere because I, I, the trailer came out super late. I think it came out super late. I didn't, not much anticipation until the trailer came out. I didn't even know anything about this movie until the trailer. And I was like, yeah, I got to see that. That looks good. And uh, if you didn't love Samara Weaving already, you will after you watch Ready or Not because this movie is bombastic, fun, entertainment. One of the best films of 2019. Such a pleasant surprise um, film. Really, really uh, 
I stick to that R rating then for sure. Uh, oh, well, you have a C ready or not, have you? Nope. All right. Well, um, I'm not going to get into it too much then. Um, do you know the premise of Ready or Not? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. So the basic premise is, you know, this couple just gets married, and they, her, the, the, the husband's family has this ritual of playing games, and the game she lands on is, you know, Ready or Not. Um, or, or, or really hide and seek, whatever. So um, they're trying to kill her. And um, shenanigans ensue after that. And I got to say, too, then we do what because it is on HBO Max, Ben. So watch it. I know you got an HBO Max account. Mm, okay. HBO Max on a sponsor, but um, you know, if you want, if you want to sponsor us, great. Because I'm tired of paying for my HBO Max subscription. Uh, one one subscription I have to pay for, but you know, just throwing it out there. Um, last like ten minutes are just insane. All I'm gonna say. All I'm gonna say. All right. Uh, shout out to Zach. Zach's terrible reviews on Instagram. Uh, that's his. Uh, Page handle, page name, whatever. Um, Zach loves his film, so I wanted to give him a shout out, ready or not. And guys, that is it for part two of our summer movie retrospective. And actually, that is the end of our summer movie retrospective. Woohoo! We're done. 2019 is in the books. We are in 2020 now, uh, and a summer movie season does not exist. Unfortunately, no. Um, but it was fun going back and talking about all these films and uh, mm-hmm. in September and uh, well, how, when do we start recording these in September? Yeah, September into October. Yeah, so Ben, I like to say our favorite and least favorite films from the summer. Uh, my least favorite out of disqualification, well, not at disqualification, my least favorite, it's not actually a really, well, it's, it's a bad movie. It, it's pretty bad. Uh, God's looking at the monsters. I expected more. Um, I'm not even gonna say Men in Black because I I, I knew it was gonna be bad. I just, I just knew it. Um, so I didn't really have expectations going in. Godzilla was I had high expectations and I was very let down then mm-hmm. um, by it. So yeah, my least favorite is uh, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. And yours? Uh, I was considering that film, but I honestly think I had a little more fun with that one than I did with Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Um, just with those, all the actors they had and the the kind of build up um, <laughs> we've had to, you know, the last uh, X Men. Well, I guess New Mutants is there too, but last uh, X Men movie with that that crew. So disappointed with that one. And then the best of the summer, I, I think I think we both have the same one. No. No? No. What what was yours then? Dark Phoenix. You, oh, interesting. I feel like I feel like you didn't talk about that one for an hour earlier, but uh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Never takes. Uh no, <laughs> yeah, my favorite movie of the summer clearly was Endgame. Uh yes. I mean most you guys probably knew that going in, so um, except for our first time listeners, again, welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, I mean, not my favorite movie this summer, favorite movie of the year, favorite movie of all time. The emotional highs are just, I mean, I, I'm not going to go into it, guys. You guys know how I feel yeah. about it. <laughs> uh, but since I, I do want to go ahead and give a, a quick runner up to The Farewell, because I love that film so much. Because you guys, you probably, probably knew my favorite film was going to be Endgame. 
so I, I do want to say the farewell was probably the next best movie that summer. Um, even though I, I missed it in theaters, it's just it was it's just so good, man. And the emotion, like I said, when I grade films, I grade emotion. Emotion's a big part of my grading, mm-hmm. and the emotional highs, like in any game, the emotional highs in this are just ridiculous. And uh, I, I I teared up a lot. My mom and I watched it together, and and she she loved it. It's just it's such a sweet film, and. Um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend you guys. Please, please check out uh, the farewell. A twenty four had a really good twenty nineteen, by the way. Between that, Midsommar, and Uncut Gems, damn. <laughs> I had a couple other films that year too, but I mean, those right. were the big three. Um. So yeah, Ben, you want to you want to go ahead and since I think people most people knew Avengers Endgame was probably going to be our number one. Mm-hmm. So do you want to give a quick shout out to another film, like a runner-up? Uh, runner-up, I was scrolling through the list, I think would either be John Wick Chapter 3 or probably what I'd say right now, um, number two spot would be uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, gotcha. just with the the music and the all the actors, and uh, it all culminates into a really good film. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, that will do it for us. Uh, thank you guys once again for sticking with us. If you've listened to every single one, we appreciate you. Um, yeah, thank you for sure to everyone. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out to yeah. to the the many different countries that people are listening from. I uh, hope you hope you stick with us and enjoy. Uh, of course, the United States has taken up a a lot of the uh, listeners, but we also have Sweden. So hello to Sweden, United Kingdom, Ireland. Canada, probably Mark. Hey, Mark. Australia and Singapore. So, thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, hope you hope you keep listening and enjoying the podcast, and uh, tell your friends and family about us too. And hope hope they enjoy listening to yeah. us ramble out about movies. Seriously, and uh, if you can just get over the cursing, which is really done by me. Um, yeah. If you don't shut up. Brad has uh, a potty <laughs> mouth. I, I do. I do. I was raised well, I promise. Um, <laughs> but, you know, please check out all our other podcasts if you haven't before. And to our first time listeners, check us out on our Instagram page at the uh, Infinity Film Podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram page. Oh, I forgot our Instagram handle for a second, Ben. Thank you, guys. We love you, 3000. Uh, keep doing whatever it takes to, to, listen, to listen to us if you want to. For Ben, uh, for me, for Roderick, uh, peace out.